This is the army. It's not a sorority house. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. My name is Zach Brooks, and as always, I'm joined by... Private Brendan Fitzpatrick. Oh, Private Brendan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I've been busted down to private. Can you believe it? Uh, I have to repeat yes. basic training again. I do feel like we're repeating basic training uh, like that's, last week. Uh, funny you should say that because I think that's going to be our title our title yeah. for this week's episode. Uh, repeating basic week, training. Last <laughs> week we discussed stripes. And this week, due to a uh, comedic basic training connection, we will be discussing Private Benjamin starring Goldie Hawn from one year before stripes. Uh, and yes, we did Stripes last week. Stripes is such a last week show. Or yeah, such I know, a last right? week podcast. Who's going yeah. podcast about Stripes this week? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Del Simmons? Never yeah. heard of him. Uh, then at the end of the episode, we'll decide on our next movie based on suggestions sent in from the listeners and ones that we brought as your hosts. And uh, maybe we'll be calling those rungs moving forward. We'll discuss. We will be spoiling Private Benjamin. So if you... Uh, are trying to avoid spoilers that are 41 years old, even though there's not really spoilers. Uh, you can watch Private Benjamin on Hoopla, or you can rent it. It's a cheap rental. It's only $1.99. Yep. Um, and uh, you can pause this podcast, go watch Private Benjamin, come back and listen. Or, uh, of course, you can skip ahead to the end of the podcast. We'll put the timestamp in the description if you want to just hear what we're picking for next week. But go watch the movie. It's a it's a fun little comedy. And then you can come back and hear us talk about it. Yeah, very low commitment. One hour, 45 minutes. I would... I would call it uh, breezy to a degree, or at least very watchable. I found I would it call very, it, uh, very watchable. And we will talk a lot about connections to previous movies, but it was very episodic, much yeah. like a movie yeah. we did a few weeks ago. Very much. Um, you know, and in another connection, um, you know, another movie that was turned into a successful TV show. So there you go. Oh, I actually yeah. did not realize that. Um Cool. Yeah, I think we're going to have I have I have a lot of connections to previous movies. This one. Absolutely. I was just I have more written down connections than I do actual notes on the movie. The movie map is brimming. Ah, Yes. And even the this season connections as well. Absolutely. So uh, as always, once we do pick our movie for next week, make sure you submit your feedback, ratings, questions, comments and next movie suggestions to at ladder movie on Twitter, the movie ladder gmail dot com. So you can email us. You can fill up that inbox with your feedback. Check us out on Letterboxd, the movie ladder, where we put all of our movies that we talk about onto a list. We log them. We also have a watch list, which has every movie that's suggested by the listeners and the host. Tons of movies on there if you're looking for something to watch. So that is the ways to connect with us. Uh, Brendan, before we get started, and I did kind of tease this at the top, I owe you a mea culpa. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, last week on the podcast, I should have pulled the clip, but uh, that's way too much work. <laughs> but uh, we were talking about Stripes, and I said, oh, man, we're like on the week of the Stripes 40th anniversary. And you go, uh, I bet you the re- the rewatchables is going to do it. And I said, come <laughs> on, they're not going to do it. You're crazy. It totally scoffed you off. And then what happens this week? Our ops podcast just last night posted a rewatchables on Stripes. Yep, uh, I actually listened to that this morning. Um, really interesting conversation between Bill and Brian Koppelman. Um, I like Brian Koppelman a lot. I think he, you know, always has some interesting things to say. Um, very different than our podcast for sure. Uh, they're they, boomers and we're not. So. Yeah, they have a lot of a lot of nostalgia baked in for that one that just wasn't there for us. But mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, listen to ours first. And then, you know, if you want a different perspective, go listen to this. 
Yeah, we don't hate competing podcasts, but we we are ops with the rewatchables. And I'm sure they're ops with us. I'm sure they hate us just as much as we hate them. Yes, yes. I'm sure the producers are combing our archives going, here's how we can get it to them next week. Well, I mean, I will say this is the third movie, I think, in a month that they've done that we've done. Which I guess, you know, as we do more episodes, as gonna more episodes it's going to happen. They did they did Raiders of the Lost Ark and Memento recently. Um, That's also true. Well, but we had done those last year, so not that big right. of a deal. But, you know, it is ironic that we lap, overlapped Stripes in the same, the same month week. of well, year. Well, I mean, yeah. we didn't even mean to do Stripes the, right the around the 40th anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's, you know, with, with blockbusters in the summer, you could have that happen, I guess. Absolutely. You could. Yeah. You could. Yeah. So, uh, well, um, Brendan, before we get into Private Benjamin, Private Brendaman, uh, <laughs> what do you uh, what did you watch this week that was good? So I watched a few different things. Um, I caught up on a couple of Pixar movies. I had a really interesting watch on my Criterion watch this week. I watched um, Martin Scorsese's most influential movie that he picked for his top ten of main influences and that is a movie called paisan which is basically a fictionalization of true events of the u.s's invasion of italy at the end of world war ii um a collaboration between uh rosalini and fellini and i absolutely loved it it's told in vignette form with six distinct short stories about they all take place in different towns in Italy involving different soldiers and townspeople and people of the community and basically different perspectives on the American invasion of Italy and what that invasion is doing to the actual people on the ground um, who have just survived World War II. So it's a, it's a really interesting watch. Uh, it's two hours long, so it's one of the longer criterion watches for a movie that old, but I highly mm-hmm. recommend it if you're a uh, film and history buff to go back and check it out. Um, really, so really it's, it's it. episodic, yeah. like, like yeah. Nashville. Yeah, like that's why movie. I thought it fit in perfectly with our episodic war movies here uh, to talk about this week. So I, yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. I think... Um, you know, I think, uh, for instance, Jeff, I think would really love it. Um, it's, it's a dad movie. I think there you go, uh, Jeff. if he, uh, if he gets Criterion, I think he would actually really, really enjoy it. Um, and it's all based on, you know, the dates and times and events that actually happened as the U S cut a path through Italy to quote unquote, liberate the Italian people at mm. the end of world war two. Yeah. So Martin Scorsese with a very interesting top 10 list that we had to pull. Yeah. From the Criterion it's, challenge this week. It's really um, odd. I'm not going to talk about the movie that I watched for Criterion, but it was eight and a half also off mm-hmm. of his list. Um, very interesting. I think that would be a, a fun one to do long podcast, breaking it down because it's very surrealist. Um, and I feel like a lot of it went over my head. And there's a lot of, as I was reading a lot, there's a lot of autobiographical stuff in there um, that, you know, is, uh, is, you know, what Fellini, like about his experience making movies. And I just don't know enough about Fellini to have really gotten a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Right. It was interesting. I liked it. I think my brother would like it. Um, and let's see. So I don't know what I want to talk about. So I've, I've been watching a lot of Fast and Furious movies because I'm trying mm-hmm. to get these podcasts out fast and furiously. Um, Daddy's got to go to work. Yeah, exactly. So I watched Furious 7 last night uh, and there will be a podcast coming on 6 and 7. So I'm not going to talk too much about that. But uh, I will say I am 
not sure if I now have a new number one in the series. Fast Five was always just like my number one. And I mm-hmm. love Fast Seven on the rewatch so much. Ooh. It is so much fun. It has so much of just like what I like about the series and every it's just. Yeah. So and uh, the ending, I mean, uh, that's yeah, that's like a top 10 of all time movie ending. I feel like uh, it gets you every time. Seven. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, so, very good. Uh, but the movie I'm going to talk about and I don't know if this is the best thing, but this is the most interesting thing I watched this week. That was Baccarat. And this okay. is a movie that came out a couple years ago. Um, I think it was a 2020 movie. It's t- listed as 2019. Everything I heard about it said, uh, here as little about this movie as possible before you see it. I, the film spotting or uh, slash film podcast crew, they like each took turns watching it. Like one person watched it like, or you guys need to watch it, but like I can't say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to be like them. And I'm going to say, you can't really say much about this, except I need to watch it for my monthly movie challenge, which was a Western not made in the U.S. or Italy. Mm. Um, it is a modern story and it takes place in Brazil. Um, the Western part of it might've been a little bit of a stretch, but, uh, I had heard there were Western things in it. So that was, I watched it. Uh, very interesting, very weird. Um, just, it's a very slow burn for the first little bit, but it's, it pays off really well. Um, And I shouldn't have picked this movie to talk about because I don't want to say anything and ruin it. <laughs> well, but, then start uh, talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's very interesting. And I would say after the first 45 minutes, you might want to turn it off. I would say stick with it through the end. Um, it's it's very weird. It'll make you walk away and be like, what the hell did I just watch? But in a good way. And um, it is on Criterion Challenge, Channel, not Challenge. Nice. I'm not sure how that works because it's on Criterion Channel, but I don't think it's a Criterion movie. Hmm. I mean, maybe it is. Well, it I didn't may not be official part of the collection, which is possible. Right. Yes. Because that's not everything I mean. available on their channel isn't in officially entering into like the official like criteria collection where they put out a specific DVD for it and mm-hmm. all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure, but it is it is streaming on the Criterion channel. Nice. Um, so you can subscribe to the Criterion channel this week, and you can watch both my suggestion and Brendan's suggestion. I feel like that that's a thing maybe with the newer movies where because like i don't know if boyhood is an official criterion release dvd but that's all well they don't have to release or the like, dvds because they did that with some of the netflix movies as well yeah. um i know like marriage story is on is in the criterion right. collection even right. though it, i don't think they released it on dvd and i, I think exactly. uh, irishman as well and roma yeah. i'm pretty sure yeah so maybe it's the same thing with background uh let me just do a quick Could be. uh background criterion let me do so it's on the channel. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really know how the Criterion rules work. I would love to have somebody who, you yeah, know, who knows sure more than I'm me. Sure lay in on that. Us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it is in the collection. Okay. Uh, based on this Google search, right. it was uh, Cannes 2019, and they added it. Okay. Oh, right on. Yeah. Can. Yeah. Yeah. I should have known that. I took a lot of French in high school. Con- Anyways. Uh, well, let's not talk about France. Let's talk about Belgium. And, Absolutely. Uh, where we spend some of our time during private soccer or football uh right yes yes that bothered you quite a bit um (laughs) so we are going to talk about private benjamin this week Uh, this is a movie i saw growing up i believe i actually did i watch this in sunday school i don't it's probably that would have been a weird sunday school well because it starts off oh that's very jewish by sunday school i mean uh hebrew hebrew sunday school we did did have sunday school as well uh growing up in, in addition to hebrew school and for some reason, I associate this movie and, ooh, 
That's another another movie that I'm going to have my. Uh, <laughs> <Loading> <laughs> I, I be, yeah, no, not loading crashes. Another movie that I'm gonna I'm gonna save for connections section, uh, because I have a similar memory to it. But uh, yes, the, well, the movie starts off very Jewish. It starts off at a Jewish wedding. Uh, Judy right. Benjamin is getting married to uh, Albert Brooks's character, uh, Gail, which confused me because they're talking in a lot of the dialogue about Yale, and I thought they meant the yeah. school. I, I, I tried to come up with other characters whose names are named after Ivy League colleges, mm-hmm. but I didn't get too far in that, so. There's a Dr. Harvard, but <laughs> I don't remember what he's from. Okay. Um, Fargo. Oh, duh. Oh, right. Dr. Fargo Harvard. Yeah, yeah. Fargo. And then there's also um, Columbia, the cabaret dancer in Rocky Horror Picture Show. And Doc Brown. Yes. Uh, and. Yeah. Um. Mm, what else other... is, an, is there a Princeton? Is there uh, somebody Prin- named Princeton? I'm sure there's a Princeton in a movie. Prince, who's Prince Ton? Yeah, um, is that uh, King Ralph? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible joke. Um, uh. Anyway, so yes, Mr. Waxman has finished the Ottoman as well. So uh, I I love this intro. I it's just like yeah. you made me want to go to a Jewish wedding and do have a Nagila. Yeah. Um, lift some people in chairs. Have you ever lifted anybody in a chair at a wedding before? Brian? I have. Um, in fact, I think, didn't we do that at our friend Dan Dan's wedding? Probably. We, probably we did lift Dan Dan in a chair at his wedding. Um, mm-hmm. well, yeah. Um, we've been to several raucous weddings together that are much, that were much like this wedding, um, where people are getting crazy and drinking and singing and dancing and yeah. ridiculousness is happening. Uh, this, this really put me... The opening scene put me in a really great mood to watch the rest of this movie. Um, and that mood didn't really go away. I wouldn't say that this was a laugh out loud movie, but I had a good time watching it. Like I had, yeah. a, I had a really good time watching this movie. Um, more so than I think I have the last couple of weeks, and that's going to be an interesting conversation for you and I to have. Is you know, was that opening scene enough to? put us in a better mood to watch this than maybe some of the opening scenes from the last couple of weeks where, you know, between um, Nash and Strikes. Yeah, and I think for me it wasn't, I mean, the opening scene put me in a really good mood, got me excited to watch this movie. Mm. Um, similar to the scene, the do Diddy scene last week. Yeah. But the problem was the do Diddy scene was the high point of the movie, whereas the right. opening, I don't think necessarily was the high point of the movie for this, but it did just set the tone. Absolutely. Uh, and, I I also had a lot more fun with this movie than I did the last couple weeks. And I think it's just because, and it's the thing I, I really keyed into with Nash, uh, with MASH. With not Nashville. Nashville. I think I've already said Nashville a couple times on this podcast. said Nashville Mash. a couple of times. Yeah. Ma- replace, find and replace every time I said Nashville with MASH. <laughs> uh, but it was, MASH was mean-spirited. And that was something sure. we really talked about. And Stripes, not as much, but still like pretty mean-spirited. Sophomoronic. It was yeah. sophomoronic. Yeah. And this, the mean characters are the villains in this. Correct. Um, yeah. And, you know, there are some very horrible people who do horrible things in this movie, yeah. but they are not the people that are the you're following the whole, for the whole movie. The person and, that you're following the whole movie is Judy, and you're following her growth from kind of, like, spoiled, you know, just wants to get married and have money right. second time. And never work a day in her life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and to, uh, you know, choosing to serve in the army – um, and choosing to reject marriage by the end of the movie. Yep. And so. she probably goes back to the army, I would imagine. So, 
I, I, I would hope. Um, mm -hmm. I think that sort of is the lesson to be learned from her character and her growth is, you know, I mean, first off, those who do the same, you know, make mistakes are bound, the same mistake over and over again are bound to repeat them. But also through that is how you can eventually break out of that um, repetition, repetitious cycle and grow from it. Um, it only took her three times. Well, third time's you know, a charm. Third time's do a you charm. Think, do you think so. Henri would have been the charm? No, I think he's, I think he was, that's what happens when you try to marry John Gotti. Just get Sorry. out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Armand DeSante yeah. played John Gotti in, in in the 1990 TV crime movie Gotti, and oh. it's going to come up for me a lot as a reference point with his character and why I did not trust him. Okay, what? so I didn't know him at all. Uh, I didn't yeah. recognize him for anything. But, I, I mean, Huge Red Flag is like th that dog that he has is oh, awesome. Yeah. And he screams at the dog He's so, mean so much. Dog. And I was like, okay, this guy is not to be trusted if this is the way that he talks to his dog. A hundred percent. Like, if you're, if you are not, not, you know, if you don't know how to train your own dog, then you don't know how to treat anyone well, else in your life. Or just don't so yell at your, like, it's just, I mean, if my yeah. brother was on, he would he would rant about like you just you don't yell you're not especially that dog oh, is, like that. I, that dog is like super cool i don't know how many dogs That's i've okay. seen that look like that one yeah uh, it's like a little like teddy bear yeah it's it a um sheep dog of some sort yeah but it's, oh. it's, it's a fantastic dog yeah. um and you know what if you if your dog is that old and you haven't taught it how to not pee in the house that's on you yeah, not on the dog. Dogs have accidents. That's, it it yeah. kind of comes with the territory. Awesome. Don't own a dog if you don't. But also, be a better pet owner and you know train your dog. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, so they do talk about him being a communist and that they think that right. he's a communist spy and that he's with Judy because uh, you know he's trying to get he's trying to get secret information from her. Right. They never really go back to that after well, that they don't, scene. But I, I was kind of okay with that um, because I, it was sort of arbitrary to. The growth of her character um it was much that was much more of a background piece and i was okay with it sort of being a background piece but that's also one of the elements that made this feel like a tv show like you were saying at the beginning mm -hmm. is that every 30 minutes there was a new problem and every or 23 minutes even yeah. there was a new problem yeah. and we didn't always go back to resolve the problem from the previous segment you know what i mean Right, but like, like, was he a cop? Like, we don't ever find like this. That was the the thing that was just kind of off about this guy. Like, he yells at his dog. Right. They allude to him cheating on Judy uh, a couple times. They allude to him being a communist, but we never get really clarification. And then she's just like gonna marry yeah. him, and then decides yeah. to walk out. And so it's just never. It's it it's feels like a half, everything is a little half baked with with this. Guy. Yeah, and I think that was my biggest issue with the the back half. I thought the first half of this movie was nonstop, really, really well done mm -hmm. up until graduation, and then graduation it sort of falls apart with mm -hmm. um right after the shower prank is when the movie sort of falls apart because then you get this introduction of. Thornbird and the paratroopers, and Thornbird tur tur turns out to be a d bag, a rapist. Not yeah, a rapist. A rapist. And good on her for calling him out. Like it's. Amazing. I was impressed yeah. that a movie from 1980 actually referred to what happened as rape. Yeah, and did that, and like had her kick his ass, basically. Mm -hmm. Like I thought that was incredible, and that was one of the things I thought found validating about this movie because. Nash and Stripes don't reckon, reckon with that behavior. 
to that level. And yeah. Private Benjamin is almost an answer to MASH. I, it like, does seem like it, it, it... I could see that. And it's interesting because it also could be a an answer to Stripes, but it came out the year before Stripes. Yeah. It's also written by a female, so you understand the female perspective that Goldie Hawn's character has because, I mean, Nancy Myers is a very, very famous screenwriter who yeah. wrote a lot of female-centric, female POV screenplays, um, including My Girl and... Oh, sure, My Girl. Yeah. She wrote Father of the Bride, I see. I yeah. am shocked. Uh, I've already, the, I already know what Father Jeff's connections are, and there's one movie that I cannot believe Jeff did not connect from this movie based yeah. on Nancy Myers' uh, writing career. Yeah, so Nancy Myers is very well known for, you know, writing screenplays that sort of give women their point of view and make the men kind of look foolish sometimes. And I think that's really apparent here, and I think it's really well done. Um, But I agree that the movie sort of loses some of its um, cohesion in the second half, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that part of that is because she's trying to figure out how to get the character to learn a lesson, and in doing so, it just sort of doesn't work as well as it could. Um, Right. So the movie is really kind of like that, like you said, that first half where we get Judy joining the army, mm -hmm. uh, basic training. It's, it's kind of, again, like we've talked about this last few weeks, it's kind of a college movie uh, or a camp movie where it's kind of these group of privates all coming together. And there's, Mm -hmm. you know, the, uh, you know, there's the, the villain who's higher up in the, in the army. Then after the then kind of the middle, there's like a little middle, story where colonel thornbush she ends up joining his paratrooper squad she decides she doesn't want to jump out of the plane which is exactly the way that i feel i would be if i ever went skydiving mm. that i would get to the edge and have to jump out of the plane and right. say no, no, no I'm, not, I'm not doing this and then would be shoved out um and at first i didn't know if he was so then he starts being really inappropriate with her like he forces himself on her right. um and i wasn't sure at first if Again, this is 1980. If he was, was this doing the... it to get her to jump, or exactly, was I was like, "Is that the joke?" To... Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't um, sure on that either until the very last second. Yeah, and then right. it was like, until oh. she she actually yeah. so she does jump out of the plane yeah. to get away from him. So if that was his intention, I mean, a terrible tactic, but it worked. Yeah. She did jump. Um, but then we get the scene in his office where they talk about it, and she accuses him of rape. And it's like, okay, no, this wasn't like just a, you know, this wasn't just like a haha 80s moment. This exactly. Was like no, they're was actually just... treating this with uh, some level of deft, which I appreciate. Yeah. And I, I really appreciated that because, yeah, most military movies to that point who had female characters weren't reckoning with the behavior of the male officers in those mm-hmm. movies to the female characters. Yeah. Whether they were soldiers or not. And this this movie makes you reckon with that. And I, I really appreciated it for that, for sure. Mm-hmm. So then we start kind of this second half. And this is, you know, mm-hmm. you said that it was before then that it lost. You actually thought that all of this stuff was was pretty good, um, really interesting. And then we get this break where mm-hmm. uh, where Private Benjamin is sent to, uh, sent to oh. Belgium. He offers her yeah. Greenland, Guam, Okinawa. She re- yeah. rejects all of those goes to Belgium because she's going to be a whistleblower. So again, we have this, this female military whistleblower uh, and she's sent to Belgium and we get like a narration scene where she talks about kind of what her life is like Mm. post-graduation in, in Belgium. And I agree with you. This is where the movie just starts to kind of lose the thread a little bit. 
And I um, think it's because so they reintroduced that Captain Lewis, played by the iconic Eileen Brennan, is there. But they didn't do enough, I think, with that rivalry. They only had the one scene where they confront each other about him being a communist and you're not mm-hmm. really like you're not really like supposed to be here. You didn't earn this kind of thing. And then we don't really do enough to resolve the back and forth between those two characters. Right. Instead, we sort of set it up and then we let it go to make the conflict between her be between her and Armada Sate. And that's mm-hmm. I think that's what I think the movie is lacking in is I would have preferred it if we had stayed in the cover ops. Because um, we, in Belgium, yeah, we have that had, rivalry between yeah. the two of them set up from the beginning of the movie. Exactly. So it would make sense that the final, you know, again, like all of these movies that we've had the last couple of weeks, and there's so much through line between, mm-hmm. uh, between MASH and Stripes in this movie. Yeah. And it would have been interesting if we have this big finale, which, you know, we had a football game in MASH. Um, in Stripes, we had the big war, uh, you know, rescue, yeah, the rescue scene. Yeah. We don't really have the big finish in this, but we could have had the big finish between those two characters mm-hmm. that really ties in there, whether it's that they go against each other or that they work together to bring to bring down Henri uh, and to yeah. bring down like this communist spy, for example. Yeah. But instead, yeah. they you're right. They they have that scene where they talk about him being a communist, and then we don't see her. Do we not see her again? No, for we don't the rest see of the her movie? again for the rest of the movie. And yeah. it's like, I guess, you know, maybe they already knew that they were going to do a TV show. I mean, I doubt it. So they sort so. of left the Eileen Brennan character alone. But, you know, um, my understanding is the TV show focuses on the Eileen Brennan character. Yeah, um, I just wonder if maybe it's like a, uh, you know, like a studio rewrite type thing where they wanted to have it. <laughs> It needs to have some sort of like romantic. She's got to fall in love. Right. Don't you know how rom-coms work? Exactly. Yeah. So it's got to be a, we've got to be able to market this as a rom-com. And so then we have this, we have this come in, like just kind of out of left field. I mean, we do meet the Henri character earlier in the movie, but, yeah. um, and I, I mean, I like that we, you know, we, I, I don't mind some of what we see, but it's just not clear. Is this like, it's even at the end of the movie, like, is this guy a scumbag? Right. Is he, well, just, he's definitely a scumbag because he admits to cheating with the maid just perfect. once, but yeah, on the bed. And, you know, after well, and it's also confusing because there's a maid, but then there's an ex-girlfriend as well. Yeah, like, I think those are two different girls. She has the painting of, yeah. Yeah, there's Claire and then there's the maid as and well. And there's the ex-maid, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this guy is definitely like a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't, who spends the four hours before their wedding on their wedding day with right. their ex-girlfriend at their ex-girlfriend's house. Well, okay. And like, one thing that I actually really liked about the, the way this movie yeah. was structured is that we bookend with weddings, Yeah, right? The beginning of the movie is a wedding. The end of the movie is a wedding. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, Henri is spending the four hours before the wedding with his, uh, with his ex-girlfriend at the end mm-hmm. of the movie. At the beginning of the movie, Albert, Albert Brooks's character, Yale has to go to work immediately after oh, the wedding. Yeah. So we get like a nice kind of reflective thing where she's seeing that, like, again, this guy isn't there for her. That's a great point. Yeah, they're, they're the mirroring of the two. Yeah, right. So I really like the way that this movie kind of mirrored the the beginning. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why we ended up kind of down this like uh, haphazard right. story for the third act that wasn't quite what the movie was building towards. Um, or it might just be that it's an episodic movie and, you know, we just go from kind of story to story i also felt like in the second half 
we move so much away from Judy even being in the army. Right. I agree. Yeah. Like for sure. we know that she's working this desk job. She's a procurement officer, but we don't, in the last half hour of the movie, I don't think we even see her doing anything army related. It's just wedding planning and kind of like personal life related. We see her, um, right. you know, going to his soccer games and cheering for him and things like that. Right. So, and I, I, w- I will say, so I'm looking at the credits um, on the writing credits. And it, so Nancy Myers is credited as the main screenwriter, but there are two other credits on the writing team. Mm-hmm. And that's Harvey Miller and Charles Shire. And they appear to, they're also producers. So that makes me kind of wonder if they are sort of the studio rewriters who mm-hmm. basically were like, look, Nancy, you can't end it like this. You've got to change this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't want to accuse them of something they didn't do, but I wonder if that is sort of what happened here, where, you know, the first draft went to the studio and they were like, no, you we can't punch do it, it like this. Yeah. So um, I will say, at least with Harvey Miller, looking at his screenwriting, or no, sorry, not Harvey Miller, the other one. Uh, Charles uh, Shire. Charles yeah. Shire. Looking at his screenwriting credits, there's he works with her again on Baby Boom and on The Parent Trap. And True. I love trouble. So I think that it's not that he took her script and messed with it necessarily. Or if he did, she was she probably signed off on it because they go at they work together again in the future. Good point. Good point. Um so yeah. And I mean it might just be that it was, you know, that it was written episodically, things could have been yeah. cut. Yeah, I don't um I don't I don't know what the background is. Um but I did have another I think that like what mm-hmm. I liked, you know, I liked about the structure and I liked another thing that they did in this movie. And again, I don't know if it's intentional. This may just be me being, you know, color brain theory, but I haven't gotten to do color theory in a while on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed the color red a ton in this. Movie. Yeah. Did, you, did you pick up on that? Uh, the red versus blue thing is really fun because it's a standard army issue, like war games type mm-hmm. versus thing that they always do. Like, I mean, the colors of the Civil War were representatives red, red and uh, and right. our American Revolution were also represented as red and blue. And then also, like, there's the video game Halo, which the um, the uh, video series and made for uh, streaming movies are mm-hmm. called Red versus Blue. And those are, like, army war games videos mm-hmm. and video games. Right. So, so that was where I first noticed the color red. Yeah. And specifically because Judy and her team rip up the red underwear and wear those as red armbands so that they can right. sneak onto the red team to win. So Judy is wearing red there. Then mm-hmm. in the second half of the movie, I start seeing red a lot more. Uh, Colonel Thornburg's hat and his, his their outfits were yeah, red. Yeah. Uh, then the soccer jersey is red that Henri wears. Um, there is, uh, when she's with him, she's wearing red. When, when Judy is with him, a lot of times she's in a red outfit. And then suddenly, in like the last half hour of the movie, her hair is suddenly she red. She had her hair dyed red, yeah. Right, so she was blonde the whole movie, and, and they don't yeah. even have like a scene where she gets her hair dyed, it's just all of a sudden she has red hair. And that well, was confused made, by that, because There was like, something with him where he made her dye her hair. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, because it's so, the same color hair Claire had in the picture. Oh, okay. So yeah, he sorry, was trying to make her more like his ex. Right, so yeah. Which is what really this funny. screams to me in this movie is that the color red for Judy I mean, she doesn't belong exactly. when she's when she's on the she's on the wrong team in red. Yeah. She's with Thornburg, which turns disastrous yeah. in red. 
She's with him cheering for his soccer games when he's a scumbag. She's wearing red. He's wearing red. And then when she, uh, you know, when she's with him, she's wearing red. And when, when she's, you know, kind of commits to him, her hair is red, which she doesn't want to do necessarily. And right. he's a communist, which is red. Yeah. They even, that was, yeah. <laughs> they even call him. I was hoping him. that would be your final point. Yeah. yeah. That's the. So, um, yeah, it's fun when we get a like striking color theory and it's like, yeah, that's, like that's just like something that you wouldn't expect from a movie like this to do something like kind of interesting thematically Absolutely. throughout the yeah. movie. So I didn't notice any red early in the movie, though. I don't for her first wedding. It could, it could have been in there. Um, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, I, I do. We've talked a lot about the second half of the movie, but I think we should talk a little bit more about the first half because we haven't done that. And I think the first half, like we said, was yeah. what we both preferred. Um, so, you know, I love that she goes to meet with the army recruiter um, played by Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Yes. He was just like perfect. Yeah, he actually and, somehow looked older in Alien four years before than he does in this. Mm. I, mean, I, don't I don't know. He oh, he's in like <laughs> he's in a he's, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was because he was in a hat. But so they meet because she calls the radio love line. Yeah, and is is Which talking. And he's like, oh, I can help you. So she thinks that she's gonna like. I don't know. She thinks she's gonna go on a date with this guy, or he's gonna be like her new husband, or like uh, a career like therapist or something, right? But, like, she's definitely not expecting to be taken into an army recruitment office, which, like, right. I guess, why would you? Um, right, for sure. And I like that he asked her if she'd been waiting long, and, and her <laughs> response is, I've only been here a few hours. <laughs> totally nonchalantly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he totally sells her on the army. Again, this is another scumbag guy, right? Like, he, yeah. he sells her a, a hill of beans here that the army is going to be just like going to a resort. And I don't know why she thinks that's the case. Uh, she's a little gullible in that yeah, sense. Yeah, she's currently. Yeah. Well, and I uh, think that's a really great sort of um, Goldie Hawn, um, what do you call it? A Like, one of her major archetypes. attributes, archetypes, is mm-hmm. that she often is sort of naive to the world around her <clears throat> and that sort of adds a spunkiness and charm to her characters that i really really like and that sort well, of adds to the comedy yeah and with this movie well. it gives her room to grow throughout the movie Absolutely. where she where she goes from the girl who just wants to get married and is sleeping on the bus on the way to basic training mm. to uh really taking taking a lot more agency you know both in terms of leading the other privates that are in her class but then standing up to Thornburg and uh, eventually walking out on this wedding in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Goldie Hawn, really good in this movie. Really. I yeah. think that this is, this I, is one of the roles that you don't hear people talk about with her that much. You know, like some of the other movies that will probably come up later are some of her more famous roles, but absolutely, yeah. um, I don't know where this falls in her filmography. If this was early, I mean, this I know this is early, but like, first, had she done more? This is one of her first film roles, but she had been on TV for years before this on Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. So she was known as a comedian mm-hmm. before this. Um, okay. I don't know if she had started dating Kurt Russell at this point or not, um, but that is... Um, so they're going to be an overboard together in 1987. In 80, 87. Okay, yeah. yeah. I couldn't remember if it was 86 or 87. So, yeah. So, uh, um, of course, and as we're talking about this, so she had done Shampoo in 1975, which yeah. we talked about last year. We did, yeah. Um. Also a really great movie and great performance. If you if you have not seen Shampoo, go back and watch Shampoo and then listen to that podcast. That was a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I think otherwise. I mean, I don't know if there's anything Sugarland Express. I don't know how big of a movie that is. I've heard of that before. Uh, there's foul play first, with Chevy Chase. That's one of the Sugarland Express is one of Scorsese's first movies, correct? Is it, uh, Spielberg's. Spielberg's first movies. First movies. I can I knew that. I always get that and um, Boxcar Bertha mixed up in my head. Uh oh. So yeah. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, but then you know we will see this type of character from Goldie Hawn again. You know, and like you said, an yeah. overboard. Um. And some other movies. I don't want to run through all the yeah, movies. I don't she want to plays this type of character because they're probably going to come very, up later. Yeah. yeah. There's some uh, very good ones. So. Yeah. But playing that kind of like, um, you know, that that like in over her head character who just is like oblivious to so much. And, uh, you yeah, know, I'm in sure. this movie, she's she's kind of, the you know, she's a, a rich entitled daughter who, um, yeah. you know, is is just wants to just wants to get her MRSs, basically. Yeah, she does that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. She's, yeah. It's it's really great. I I've always appreciated her as an actor. Yeah. Um, o- Overboard is one of the first movies I can remember watching on a constant loop basis because it was always on HBO. <laughs> so I always had an appreciation for Goldie Hawn. Um, yeah. There's another movie called Seems Like Old Times that comes out just like a year or two after this movie, mm. or same year as this movie actually. That I remember watching with my family as a kid. It's her and Chevy Chase, and I remember okay. nothing about it. Uh, yeah. Except there's a character who talks about getting their feet scraped. And we always used to joke about getting our feet scraped when we were kids. Yeah. That is all I remember about seems like old times. Okay. Uh, her and Ed, it's her, Chevy Chase, and Charles Grodin in that movie. So Yeah, and they, they yeah, sort of yeah. throw her into these fish out of water um, roles fish throughout the 80s because fish on water or out of water. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's because right. she also does Wildcats a few mm. years after this, which is her coaching a high school football team which is mm-hmm. like it's not something a female uh actress was the type of role that that, yeah, was, fish that was being written you know mm-hmm. for a female character in those days so you know it's that same sort of archetype um that i really liked mm-hmm. so. um and this cast too you know we've talked about some of the other movies she's in i mean this is a great cast goldie hahn eileen brennan who uh you may know better as mrs peacock from clue yep um and you know, like as you were watching, you're like, why does she also look so uh, communist? Yeah, communism yep. is just a red herring. Exactly. You might be, you might be walking on my movie map right now, Brendan. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> and uh, then, uh, as you said, Armand Asante, which I don't think, I mean, I've seen some of the other movies he's yeah. in, but he did not stand out to me. I mostly uh, know him as Gotti, and that's it. Yeah. So yeah. And, and then of course we have Albert Brooks in the beginning playing Yale. Yep. Uh, Craig T. Nelson shows up as one of the higher ranking officials in the army. Yeah. Did you oh. know we have a direct connection to Stripes last week? What is the direct Through connection? one of our actors. Hmm. Uh, so where is her name? PJ Souls, who plays mm-hmm. Private Wanda Winter, uh, was Bill Murray's MP love interest in Stripes. She was still. Oh, wow. She was still. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, there you go. Wanda Winter has to be in the title connection. Absolutely. Yeah. Want, new yeah. recruit Wanda Winter. Yeah, uh, like Wanda. army army recruiting comedy with Wanda Winter maybe or something. Or B- PJ Souls is the is the name of the actress. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> Wanda Winter. Yeah, yeah, PJ. PJ Souls. Souls basic training is what I would say. Is yeah. PJ Souls related to PJ Masks? Uh, I don't believe so because masks go on your face and souls go on your feet. Mm, so. Uh, another actor who I thought was really great in this movie, and I do not even have his name in front of me because he's not listed on the letterbox credits, and yes. I don't know why because the letterbox credits are so short. But was the guy who played the drill sergeant? I thought he was excellent. I love when he yeah. he yells at her in like when she's sleeping on the bus, 
and uh, yeah, and yeah, and then good. he makes her do the push-ups, and he's just like a great character in this movie. And then he also like turns into sort of a softy at the end when they're all dancing, celebrating, passing basic training, and he mm-hmm. gets to dance in the barracks with them. So like, there's a line between his character and the character in um, Stripes as well of the drill sergeant, who turns out to actually be friendly to them when he's not yelling. You know. Yeah. So his the I just looked up on IMDb because I looked it up last night. His, mm-hmm. The actor's name is Hal Williams, and he is so far down on the cast list on IMDb and not yeah. at all on the cast list on Letterbox. Sergeant Ross. Well, do not understand why that was the he's case. not in the cast list on Letterbox. That doesn't make no. Letterbox cast only has like twenty people on it. What uh, is happening? Yeah, but usually that's pulled from something. So I don't know if yeah, maybe that's weird. pulled from like the credits at the end of the movie. That is uh, really. Yeah, it felt like really weird. I was like, the one black actor who's in this movie is yeah, not. Yeah, it's not great. That's it's just very strange to me. What um, else was he in? Anything? Not much. He's in flight. Um, he's got some smaller roles. It seems like I'm just like scrolling through to see if there's anything that would really stand out. Um, a lot of TV movies, TV series. Um, yeah. And, and Robert Weber, who plays Colonel Thornbush, also seems like a that guy. Mm-hmm. Who I've seen in a bunch of things, but I can't really place. You know, he seems like a really big that guy, but I don't. Yeah. You know. So oh oh so he did so he did reprise the role as Sergeant Ted Ross in the Private Benjamin TV series. Oh well, there you go. Nice. So, for him. Um yeah, he did a lot of TV shows. It looks like um, right. he was on the Sinbad show. I don't remember the Man. Sinbad show, um, but I like Sinbad. Uh, let's see. He was in Guess Who. Um, in 2005, and he was he had a small role in Flight as well. Nice. Um, so yeah, not not a ton of stuff on his credits, but yeah, I think he I think he's like for me he was kind of the standout, um, you know, like smaller role in this movie, and I don't know I, why. I agree, and I think he was much better defined than some of her um, sidekick fellow privates. Like mm-hmm. some of them, I was even mixing up. Like there's the snooty one who is sort of like the rat at the beginning who has the short hair. And I kind of mixed her up with the tough one that she has to fight later on. Yeah. And it's sort of, they're all sort of the same, but you know, I, I wish they, I think they could have even expanded the basic training scenes by like 10 minutes and given us a little more interaction with some of those secondary characters. Yeah. No, it is kind of just, you know, it's sort of that like, uh, you know, college movie where you have the mm. you have the main character. And then you just have all the other people that are classmates that yeah, you, you and don't I really think, get to meet too much. And I think that's one of the things that is an interesting juxtaposition with Stripes is that we know who most of those secondary guys are because those male actors went on to do other big things. Right. Whereas we don't get that same. Hey, it's that guy with the female actresses. Because they all sort of um, don't have the same name recognition. And I think that's unfortunate, you know. But I think that's also a pre- sort of a um, indicative of Hollywood in that era as well, right. you know. Is that actresses- Yeah, because even the, even the actors that we know from this movie, we recognize Eileen Brennan. But it's really right. like, oh, it's Harry Dean Stanton. It's Albert Brooks. It's Craig right. T. Nelson. And they all had pretty small roles. They only had, that's you know. Yeah. Five five minutes of screen time or Craig so. Craig T. Nelson, less than 10 seconds. Yeah. And he's credited. You know, yeah. I mean... It's pretty high up on the list. Pretty high know. up. And he, all yeah. he does is stand there at the graduation. And mm-hmm. that's it. He, I don't even know if he gets a line. So... <laughs> yeah. It, very, I think I was like, oh, that's, that's Craig T. Nelson. It's coach. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
<laughs> Coach Benjamin. So Poltergeist. Yeah. Um, one thing I do like about this movie is this movie doesn't rely on the raunchy humor the way that Stripes right. and, and Mash I, did. I mean, so. there's still some of the same, um, the same general prankiness, the pranky vibe yes. is there. Third week but, in a row that we are getting a shower gag. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Third third shower gag in a row. Third Peeping Tom boobies gag in a row. Yeah. Um, you know, what can you do? These are these are the things that they decide to spend right. their time doing in the army basic training, I guess. So. We do get a lot in this movie, and I don't know if this is because of Nancy Myers or just because of the mm. movie in general, but almost every male character in this movie is a piece of shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, even if the, the opening even scene... Her yeah, her, like her, her dad, dad is her well, dad is horrible. I have, and, I have a really good map connection to her dad. That's oh, good. Well, later. we've had lots of we've had lots of dad issues on this yeah. podcast this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like Yale's character is like forcing her to give him a blowjob in the back of the limo on their wedding night. Yeah. And then Easy. you know, and then we have, uh, you know, we have everything with Thorn with Thorn Bush up in the plane. Yeah. We have Harry Dean Stanton who's lying to her to get into the army. Yeah. Um. Or we have, sorry, not Harry. Army recruitment was at an all-time low in 1980 after, you know, the ending of the Vietnam War. So Mm -hmm. they were probably doing all types of tricks to get people to sign up. Mm -hmm. We have Henri, who's, you know, we've talked Mm -hmm. extensively about him being a communist scumbag. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, like, and that's not a complaint. I just, I think it's interesting that we have this movie that is focused around our female uh, protagonist. And all of the male characters in this movie are presented as very, very flawed. And that feels like a, you know, something that's very indicative of the rom-coms of the 90s and 2000s as well. Like, mm-hmm. you have these female characters who are struggling in a world full of asshole men. And will they ever find... Usually, the, but usually, I'm thinking of, like, Working Girl, right? Because Working right. Girl is a is a comedy pretty... I actually, might be my movie map as I'm talking about, about it right now. Much. Yeah, it's already written on mine. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, as I, just as I'm talking through that. But Harrison Ford's character gets... You know, like, he is a yeah. great guy in that movie. Or right. at least he becomes a great guy by the end of that movie. Yeah, sort of. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's that was, that was, like, 50 movies ago. All right. But it's, I believe he's still sleeping with multiple women because he's with Sigourney Weaver's character. Listen and, to that. Yeah, Re-listen to that podcast. I don't remember. Right after <laughs> it's, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie uh, in podcast world. So um, yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I thought it was interesting. I think this movie in general just does more interesting things than you would expect from this kind of movie that you really don't hear much about. I remember I watched it because I think my mom liked it a lot, and that was why we watched it. And I either watched it with her or I watched it in Sunday school. But as I talk about all like the sex stuff in this, I would be really surprised if I watched this in Sunday school. But I'm gonna go with that. Uh, with that so we've talked we've talked a good bit around the fact that you know there are parts of each of the last three movies that we liked and didn't like and would Mm. take or leave um so i had a thought this morning in the shower and i sort of came up with what i thought is the perfect war comedy okay taking elements from each of these the the last three movies we watched Do, do, do you mind if i if i monologue here you know what go ahead and vamp so what i want to do and you can tell me if you agree or disagree is that what i would do is i would take the premise and first hour of this movie Mm -hmm. and marry it to everything from the golfing on top of the helicopter pad through japan of of mash 
And then also add in the basic training soundtrack and montages and like the razzle dazzle and songs of stripes and mash it all together and boom, we would have a perfect war comedy. Mm, interesting. Um, so I thought about those this a little bit differently. Each of those. What do you yeah, think? I, I thought about this a little bit differently than you. Mm. Um, so I think I was taking elements from the movies, but not like acts of the movies. Okay. So I would take, I think, the setting of the Korean War okay. um, from Nashville. I'd also from Mash. Nashville. Damn it. It's Nashville. Drink every time I drink every time I call Mash Nashville. Uh, and I would uh, also combine that with the kind of direction and writing that Robert Altman brings mm -hmm. to MASH um, okay. with the overlapping dialogue and um, just kind of like some of the way that that movie is constructed. Um, just, But I would also take some of the structure from Private Benjamin as well mm -hmm. because I, I liked what they did with the color, with the, with the mirroring. Um, and I would make my leads. Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit there because I'm going to take Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, and Goldie Hawn as like a three, nice. like a tri, like, like a trifecta of leads. Okay. Um, and as my background characters, I'm taking the background characters from Stripes. Nice. And for my humorous sensibility, I'm going to take mostly Private Benjamin with a little bit of Mash, okay. kind of a little bit of like the dark humor from Mash. So. And you're taking the soundtrack. Are you taking the soundtrack from Stripes, or are you taking the soundtrack Ooh. from this? Hmm. Or am I taking the soundtrack from Mash? Yeah. Um, I think Stripes, because Stripes kind of yeah. blends Mash in this. I feel like uh, yeah. a little bit. Although I do want a scene to We Are Family because that I like That's that. True. That's true. That's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and no football game. No football games. No man. If I had to pick an ending, football game, the big breakout scene, or yeah. like wedding gone wrong. Well, I don't really like any of those as an ending. Not, <laughs> so I, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, we're inventing I, a new ending for this. I think uh, I would take the breakout from Stripes, actually. I think I would. because you. So what you do is you take the war games from the middle of Private Benjamin and you make mm -hmm. that the ending yeah. with Harold Ramis, Goldie Hawn, and Bill Murray breaking everybody out. Like they're doing war games, but it actually turns out that there's exactly. something yes. nefarious going yeah, on. Exactly. Yeah, okay, that, yeah. that works. So that's what um, you do. Yeah. One thing I really liked about the war games, we didn't talk about this, is I love the scene around the campfire when they're yeah, sitting I and talking. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Uh, and all the women are telling you stories. That was really And then good. they, you know, I, I really liked the moment where she's sort of like laughing because, to keep herself from crying when they're like, she's telling the story of her first two husbands. <laughs> and, you know, one of them is like, what do you do after something like that? And her response is, I guess you join the army. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like so sad, but like all you can do is laugh. Right, and yeah, I, I really liked that. I thought that was a really great moment. Yeah. Uh, another good line from this movie, I'm just looking at my notes that I see, is uh, when the drill sergeant yells at, at Judy and says, you're not fit to wear that uniform. And she just responds, no shit. <laughs> I, thought that was I also nice. like when she's like, do you have anything in, in, other than green? Yeah. There were some like good subtle jokes in this, similar yeah, to he, what we get in Nash. Being like, I joined the army, you know, the one with the yachts and the private beach. And mm. the, I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um. So speaking of that line, so this movie um appears in a couple of different AFI lists. So it was featured on AFI's 100 Years, 100 Laughs special in the year 2000 at number 82 and 100 Years, 100 Movie Quotes. 
2005. Do they have a quote? The quote is, I joined the army with the beaches and the ah. yachts and the condos. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't yeah, know if that's is, the most quotable line from this movie. I don't know if it is either, but um, I guess it is the most jokiest joke. I mean, I liked his anybody ever died from basic training. Yeah. Um, or, or Henri, you're such a schmuck. I thought that was good. <laughs> I almost opened with that one, too. Um, so we did talk about um, how this was turned into a TV show in 1981 starring uh, Eileen Brennan, um, much like much like. Oh, Playing her same character? Playing the same character. And mm. then also a couple of the background characters, as we talked about, are also in that TV show. It ran for three years. It won a couple of Golden Globes and a couple of TV Emmys. Mm-hmm. So it was highly successful, even though it ran for three, only ran for three seasons. Yeah, I did not realize this was even a TV show. I did not do my yep. research on that at all. So I didn't either, and it strengthens one of my connections for later. Yeah. The, once I did that research. So. All right. So I have one more point before we get to feedback. Right. Uh, and that point is this poster art sucks for this movie. I agree. Yeah. I hate it. It doesn't scream comedy. It doesn't scream fun. It creeps me out. It's yeah. creeped me out since I was a kid. It's, it's terrible. Like, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Let's do better. Let's yeah. do better. And I feel I'm trying. I think there's another movie we did recently where the poster art sucked. Um, let me just pull up our. Of the ladder. three, Mash I think is the best poster art of the three that we've done. Oh, I like the striped one where he's planning, and I mean it's, it doesn't really quite uh, yeah. fit with the movie. But I, what was the other? <clears throat> oh, you know what it was? It was um, it was yeah. not this podcast. It was when I was on the podcast with my brother talking about Joe versus the volcano. Oh yeah, and. The cover art on Hoopla for that is the DVD release cover art for Joe versus the Volcano, which is terrible. Uh, the theatrical yeah. poster with them standing in front of the mirror is really, really gorgeous. And the DVD version is like this orange, like rom-com looking crap. Um, yeah, this is by far the, if you know, if you go on, if you go on, on Letterboxd and you look at the movie ladder season two list where you can see all the movies we've done this year, you'll be able to see all of the cover art. This is by far the worst poster. Um, yeah. Maybe Fitzcarraldo or Sorcerer is second, but Sorcerer is kind of like cool. Like it looks very scary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this one is just this is some terrible cover art. I do like that Private Benjamin is written in red. If we're mm. going by my color theory, but I don't think that's at all related. I don't think, I think that's intentional. Either. I think it's supposed to be like lipstick color, and it's like right. It kind of doesn't even joining. really look red. It looks kind of pink. Yeah. But yeah, but, that's, um, the, the art is terrible. Uh, yeah, so one one last production note before we move on. Um, people might be interested to know that there have been remakes of this in the works since 2010. First one um, was attached to Anna Ferris, and now there seems to be another one that's been in the works since 2014, starring Rebel Wilson, but neither has gone past the pre-production phase. So, in, so these are movies or TV shows? Movies, yeah. Okay. So I... I um, I would say that both of those are old enough that this remake isn't happening at this point. I think this movie would be ripe for a remake, to be honest. I think it would, too. Yeah, especially uh, in this day and age. In the Me Too movement, um, I think it would be, yeah. Yeah. Um, who would you... Is there anybody you would cast if we did if we did remake this? Uh, Kay Hudson. <laughs> no offense to Kay Hudson. I think she's too old to do this role. It would be fun! But yeah, yeah, I agree. She might be a little too old at this point. Um... I don't know. Other than that, um, I'm trying to think of like somebody on SNL. Like, what about Kate McKinnon? No, because that that's she's got a way too wacky of a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. She's a little too out there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You need somebody closer to like a uh, Amanda Seyfried, hmm. circa Mean Girls. Yeah, like she doesn't yeah. really play that character anymore either. That's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, write in. Let us know who you would who yeah. you would. I mean, I think Anna, Anna or who Ferris, you would cast the remake of this. I think Anna Ferris twenty ten is a great call. Um, yeah. I've never been a big Anna Ferris fan, which is fine. But um, what about Heidi Gardner from SNL? Okay. Yeah. Or um, uh, Cecily. Cecily Strong would be very good. She would be good in the Eileen Brennan role. Okay. Is the yeah. villain. So, um, yeah, they should definitely remake this movie. Ooh, right there's your I, I do wish next time that this comes up that you're that we have like a this movie was almost remade with these people mm-hmm. don't put that information in our document because i want to guess like, okay. it would have been fun for you to try to be like all right this movie was tried remade and, and see if i there's no way i would have guessed yeah, either of yeah, those yeah. people but it yeah, would have been fun to try to guess it would have been fun last week to try to get you to guess that that, that stripes was originally supposed to be a chishin shawn comedy too mm, yeah <laughs> never worked. you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to have clues ready for these yeah stories. right all right, uh, and then people can see how stupid I am on the on the air. Be prepared so. for the trivia ladder and coming coming soon. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Combine all of my different things. Uh, all right, so uh, with that, we're gonna move on to feedback, and uh, we do have a voicemail this week from Olin. So Olin had re, uh, had suggested this movie a few times, um, and we'll talk about some of the different places where it's come up. Maybe when we get to our connection section, but I think Olin suggested this what was it brennan last week and also after mash is that correct uh i believe you suggested it after mash as well yeah all right and um megan the librarian also suggested this after stripes uh i believe um i I really should have looked this up but i know it came up a couple times uh all right here's Olin. Private Benjamin was a good film on the movie ladder connecting to previous weeks and a great antidote to the misogyny portrayed in recent films. Uh, Goldie Hawn was superb, uh, delightful. Eileen Brennan, magnificent, and should have been more of her. And the crew of the recruits were also brilliantly portrayed. I liked the central theme of uh, a woman realizing all these men in her life who were putting her down and her finding her own way. However, I think as someone said, a good film is one that has two or three great scenes and no bad ones. And unfortunately, the film itself felt a bit botched the screenplay and the direction at times were just a bit iffy. There were a couple of uh, great scenes, but things did tend to drag at times, particularly the Henri sequence. It was just sequence after sequence of this guy being an utter and total you know what. Rating three and a half out of five. All right, three and a half from Olin. Wow, three and a half from Olin. Fantastic. Yeah, nice. Um, and yeah, I think you know Olin touches on a lot of what we said, you know, in this movie in comparison yeah. to the last couple movies. Uh, it sounds like Olin wants to give his fucking asshole of the week to yep. Henri. Uh, Brennan, who would you give your fucking asshole of the week to? If we're um, it's, from it's, the it's toss up between. Podcast. Yeah, it's toss up between Thornbird and uh, Henri, as you know. I think it, I think Andre is running away with it because he just has much more screen time. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think uh, I'm gonna go with Thornburg. What he did was worse, and you know that's not the first time because he did that like so easily. Yeah. Uh, so sure. it makes me think that that he uh, he does this frequently. Um, and uh, I did just pull up 
when this movie has been suggested from other people, uh, and it's mostly been Olin. He suggested yeah. it after Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, okay. It says Goldie Hawn's wedding night doesn't go as planned, and she ends up training in the army as a result. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's a good connection, even though we're not the connection section. I'm just doing this real quick. Uh, then we've got After Mash, Olin suggested it, and um, I thought there was a week that Megan the Librarian suggested it, but does not look that case. And then uh, it came up last week, both Olin and Jeff suggested it. So after go. Stripes. So it's good. I think it's I good might have that accepted that yeah. last week um, talking about it. Yeah, I know. We talked I about Prime Adventure Yeah. Olin and Megan the Librarian have been on the same wavelength a lot recently. Yeah. So it might just be that in general. Yeah, that might be what it um, is. All right. Well, let's get to some of our other feedback before we do these connections. I actually think our connection section is going to take a, lot, a while tonight. Uh, yeah. Although we've touched on a lot. We've talked that. on a lot. We touched on a lot of them. So it should go pretty quickly, actually. Yeah. All right. Jeff says, very 80s comedy. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I enjoyed it. Thought Goldie Hawn was very good in the role. Turns into a, an adult coming-of-age movie with some pretty solid comedy. He gives it a 4.0. Nice. Thank you, Jeff. I, I knew Jeff was... I, I had a feeling Jeff was going to like this movie, and I'm glad that he did. I'm glad we got one win for Jeff. I think uh, he liked... I think he's been okay on Stripes and some of the other ones recently, right? Did he, he's been yeah, a little 4.5 4. 4. for Stripes. Oh, did he get four Stripes at 4.5? I didn't remember. Yep. Yeah. It's, well, now we're back on Jeff's good side after a couple of weeks because right, exactly. I know there was a while there that he was uh, not feeling it with us. So sticks with us. He's got commitment. Yep. All right. What do we uh, got next? So Jim Jim wrote in and said Private Benjamin was more dramatic than it was funny, but that is not an that is not a high bar. Goldie Hawn was in has an okay performance, but she has trouble carrying the movie. The Europe plot made a little more sense in Stripes. 2.5 out of 5 from Jim. Yeah. Um, both do have kind of a European plot that just pops yeah. out of nowhere. So, yeah, that's um, sort of tacked on at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then Kyle. Haven't heard from Kyle in a couple weeks. I uh, hope you're doing well, Kyle. And uh, he makes his big triumph at the return, and he says it was okay. <laughs> Glad to have you back, three. Kyle. He goes <laughs> three out three. of 5 for Kyle. Uh, that was an okay review, Kyle. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> I, I give your review a three out of five, Kyle. Nice. <laughs> three words out of five. <laughs> well, Megan the Librarian is on the same wavelength as Kyle. She's just pretty enjoyable, but I did not love the main character repeating her old pattern in the last part of the movie. Three out of five. Megan, if you watch the last minute of this movie, she does not repeat her old pattern. She stands up to Henri and walks out into the unknown future Absolutely. and grows. <laughs> I think she did your thing cut off at the end. Maybe you didn't see the last scene. Uh, <laughs> all right. And finally, Stefan Johnson says a fun movie. It was a little all over the place with the plot, but overall it was pretty good. I wish the movie hadn't ended with a wedding, but with Judy choosing the army over the guy. She did. She walks she out. Did. Of, did she you walks guys out watch a different church. cut of this movie? Yeah. Uh, he says very strong <laughs> Philadelphia story vibes with the questionable wedding at the end, mm-hmm. even though in this one it doesn't happen. The wedding at the okay. beginning was kind of unnecessary as well. Oh, they could have shown her as being a spoiled brat without either wedding. Overall, it was a strong film. And when Judy calls him out on a rape, I karate chopped the air in triumph. Four out of five for Stefan. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think you need the wedding at the beginning to set up her character as being this upper class, never worked a day in her life person that is going to be brought down to a new level so i think i I do think the wedding in the beginning is necessary um and also to show her heartbreak and 
how she seems to be making the same mistakes over and over again in her life. Um, So I... Yeah, yeah, and I think there's two really valuable parts of that opening wedding scene. Now, obviously, like, the mm. dancing is very fun, and the service is, you know, like, good Jewish humor. Um, but the scene where she's talking about the Ottoman is yeah. just kind of how, like, that shows how spoiled she is, and that she's, like, worried about the mushroom cramping, crimping, yeah. whatever you want to call it, on the yeah. on the Ottoman, and the feet on the Ottoman don't match. Um, but then we also have the scene in the limo, where it shows that kind of, like, even though she's marrying this guy, she's just, like, being taken advantage of even by her own husband right for sure um well that is going to give us a listener average of a three out of five so we're a uh we are higher this week for the listeners than they were for mash or for uh stripes Mm. so happy to report that it's a three as opposed to a 2.6 and a 2.9 the two weeks previous so we're slowly inching our way up back into their good graces yes all right. Um, so I am going to give this, I was going to come in. I think this is going to be one of those, the growers for me, uh, was a three coming in and I'm going to give it a 3.5 having talked about it with you and just some of the stuff that it does. Well, I think, uh, you know, the, the narrative stuff gets a little bit murky at the end. It's, you know, very episodic, but like nothing is really completed. So I think it loses points for that. I also think while it's got some funny lines, I don't think I really laughed out loud, except maybe the no shit line. I think might have been the only time that I actually laughed out loud watching this. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is more of a dramatic rom-com, all like a sliding doors vibe Mm -hmm. than a straight up comedy. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I kind of appreciate it for that. I also think that this movie is leaps better than the previous two movies we watched um i think it does things in better ways that you know were not explored upon in mash or stripes i i enjoyed this the most of the three that we watched most recently um and for that alone you know and i'm not even talking about the performances of goldie hawn eileen brennan and scoring cast i i'm giving this a 3.5 as well um it's not a perfect movie we talked, you know, we talked through why it's not, but I still think it's better than Nash, which I gave a three, and Stripes, which I gave a two point five. Yeah. So it's going to be a three point five for both of us, which is going to give us a three point three three, which we will bump up to a three point nice. five for Letterbox rating. We win, the listeners lose three point five. Um, yeah, I, I will say today. with comparing this to Mash, I definitely like this movie better than Stripes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I liked MASH just a little bit more because while both Private Benjamin and MASH, I think, are saying more than just kind of what they let on, mm-hmm. MASH had a little bit more meat on the bone. And um, also, on a first watch of MASH, I did not like it better than Private Benjamin. But mm-hmm. on that rewatch where I was able to catch a little bit more, I liked MASH better. You did bump MASH up from 3 to a 3.5 during our reviews, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I think these I mean, these movies are very simpatico, which is a great segue into our connections section. Yep. So we're going to talk about connections between this uh, and Back to Stripes, which was our movie last week, and then we'll talk about other movies. But, Brendan, I do have a question for you to start. Um, so we've, do, we've done three of these war comedies in a row. Yep. Do you think that Private Benjamin was a better connection off of Stripes, or would it have been a better connection off of MASH? I think it was a better connection off of Stripes. They're because they're okay. both, they both all this, and this is why is we start with the Bill Murray character and the Goldie Hawn character 
in a relationship. That mm-hmm. relationship goes badly in the beginning, um, where Bill Murray's girlfriend breaks up with him and leaves him in the apartment. Goldie Hawn's husband dies during sex, and they both have to figure out what they're going to do with their lives. And they both receive intervention, one through a radio ad, the other through a TV commercial, enticing them to join the army. So, boom, bang, bam, instant and start. Plus, you had PJ Souls, not PJ Plus, Masks. we had PJ Souls. Yeah, in both yes. movies. Um, plus, this is 1980, yep. and um, and Stripes 1981. Do you have a date when this movie came out, 1980? I do not, um, because it does not give me that on Letterboxd. Um, yeah. I, I believe know, it me... came out in June, because yeah, I know my, came... I was talking to my mom, and she remembers seeing it after I was born. Um, I believe it was uh, October 10th. Okay. October 10th, 1980. Yeah, she remembered yeah. seeing it in the theater in 1980, so. Oh, she must have left you at home, like, as, like, a Well, I was, yeah. I mean, she it was probably her first night out after me being born, mm-hmm. to be honest. <laughs> go watch private benjamin nice yeah. uh yeah and i i agree with everything you said in terms of connections to uh to stripes i don't know if it would be better off of mash but i do think you know you get your uh you know you get a lot in terms of like the social commentary mm-hmm. and the drier comedy um in this movie like you said it could be really kind of a this could be a response to to mash yeah as well um both movies end up being tv shows which you brought up um, you have a romance between the army bosses in both yep. movies. Um, the basic training scene had similar music to the football scene at the end of MASH. Yep. Um, and kind of in general, the music in MASH was similar. Um, yep. And uh, we have uh, we have the uh, uh, characters caught in the act as well yep. Um, yep. in both movies. And in all three movies, we have uh, a shower, kind of a shower prank. Yep. Um varying levels of creepiness uh you also have unwanted pictures in both or in all three movies and Um, revelations of someone having an affair or sex that are unwanted revelations Mm -hmm. um between the uh scene in mash where they're playing the sex over the the pa system Mm -hmm. and then when they capture the nude commander and um private in the tent in this one so there you go uh, and the unwanted pictures, we had the unwanted yep. pictures in MASH. We have uh, Bill Murray's character taking unwanted pictures at the beginning of Stripes. And then we had yep. the guy in the bar with the taking picture with his with his. Oh, yeah, with his stupid watch. watch. Yeah, yeah. stupid uh, watch. Uh, I had a, I had a calculator to watch at one point. Yeah, I know, really. <laughs> Very Marty McFly looking. I actually wondered if that actor was the same actor who plays the guy who meets in the bar with uh, at the beginning of Fargo, or the middle of Fargo. Um, okay. I no, can't remember what his character's name is in, in Fargo, but it's it's not the same guy. Uh, no, that, that would have been several years apart. I don't know. I mean, yeah, 14 years apart. That's true. Yeah, yeah it's kind of a lot. Um, but I do think that is the same actor that is in uh, a couple of other 80s movies. Gung Ho, I, th- I believe he's in Gung Ho, and then he's also in um, Pretty in, is it Pretty in Pink, maybe? <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a well-known Asian actor from the 80s. Yeah. I definitely um, other connections to stripes. So we had kind of the fish out of water, jackasses, and a war yep. comedy. Um, we also had left, right, left scenes. Yep. So um, yeah, the, the the obvious, the actual basic training stuff set to music or um, marching marching mm-hmm. rhythms. Um, and yeah. as Jim pointed out, we have the final uh, scene that takes place 
in Europe that is kind of a tangent from the rest of the movie. Yep, absolutely. Uh, anything else to mash or to stripes? Uh, not off the top of my head. Um, no. All right. Um, so other movies uh, that we've done this year, um, I had a, I actually have a lot written down. Um, is there anything that you want to point out before I go um, into mine? Yeah, so we can talk about, obviously, uh, multiple weddings, um, yep. not wanting to disappoint your father and your father. So let's stay in the weddings because there's actually, a, I have sub-tangents off okay, the weddings. Okay, let's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, All right. yeah. Go so, for it. So, <laughs> yes, we have weddings in this movie. We have ending with a wedding, like in Philadelphia Seven story. Days. The first wedding takes place in Philadelphia. So yep. again, tying back to Philadelphia yep. story. Um, Judy's father is watching baseball yep. uh, around the time of the wedding. That ties back to my best friend's wedding yep. as well. Um, and just in general, we've had a lot of weddings this year that we've seen in movies. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. That's all I have on weddings. Crazy yeah, so, Rich Asians obviously had a wedding as well. Yeah, and so did Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So, or mm-hmm. at least they talked about a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was supposed to be a wedding. Wedding gone wrong. Um, meet the parents. They, you know, they're getting ready for a wedding. Yeah, they're getting ready for a wedding. Um, well. yep. So the the big one for me was the speech that um, Goldie Hawn's character's father gives her about her not being good at anything and not knowing how to do anything and not basically being like you're you've never been smart. Reminded me a lot of the father basically telling his daughter. That he's pretty, that she's worthless, and that she's always been a disappointment in uh, Philadelphia's story. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, it reminded me a lot of how the father talks to Catherine Hepburn in Philadelphia's story, and she's all she's ever wanted is to please her father, and he's like, "You're just a disappointment." And I think mm-hmm. that's what happens in here with Goldie Hawn and her dad too. So that yeah, that th- that was a big connection for me. And just in general, terrible fathers has been a theme that we've had in a lot of our movies that we've covered this year. Yeah, absolutely. And terrible parents in general, but terrible father. Because I think her mom wasn't very good either. Um, No, she wasn't great. Uh, I also have written down death of a loved one. So she loses her, I mean, I don't know, quote unquote loved one. Um, But we had that in Brokeback Mountain. We had that in Wayback. I'm sure in other movies too, but those were the two that jumped to mind. We also had a wedding in Spartacus, didn't we? Or was it just a baby being born? Yes. No, they get yeah. they get they get married. They do I, it's not like a big wedding ceremony, I don't think. And I'm pretty sure there's a wedding in Life of Brian as well. Um, no, there's no wedding. No, all right. Yeah, no wedding. Um, all right. And then let's see what else do I have. Um, I have so relating back to the rider, mm-hmm. there were two comments about a uh, one that says "fall off the horse, you got to climb right back on." Right. So that connects to the rider. And then also that um, Thornburg's wife had a broken arm. And he says, luckily, we didn't have to shoot her, which is what you would do and what <laughs> he they did, did do in the rider. rider yeah. yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. And then I have one more. Uh, would you have any other connections? Um, Not two things this season, no. All right. So the last one I have is European soccer, which ties oh, to Damn United. Oh, there you go. Damn yep. United. European soccer. Actually, it's football, Zach. Uh, yes. Uh, that was a nitpick I thought about last night. Like, they didn't, American screenwriters didn't know enough about soccer to not call it soccer when they set scenes in Europe. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I mean, uh, Olin can let us know. Do they ever call, do they ever call football soccer in Europe? I feel like they probably do. I, I think know. it's mostly 
football, right? I mean, I've watched a lot of the I've watched a lot of the Euro Cup, uh, which is yeah, the either, European soccer tournament going on. Either Stefan or Owen is going to slide into my DMs tonight and be like, "Shut up, you idiot! You don't know what you're talking about." I mean, that that could be the tagline of this podcast. Oh, one hundred percent. Brendan is wrong about everything. The podcast. Oh, well, you were right about the rewatchables, <laughs> so you can you can brag about that for a while. I can't All wait right, for the, uh, saving, the saving Private Benjamin rewatchables next week. Saving Private Benjamin. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, I knew well, I was going to do that once, and I decided to ride with it. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, what do we got for movie map? We already kind of talked about it. Uh, what is your movie map, Brendan? To season yeah, one? so it, it's definitely Working Girl. Um, the soundtrack, the female camaraderie, the girl trying to make the best for herself in a world that keeps telling her she's not good enough to do what she wants to do. Um, her hip fashion sense. Mm-hmm. is very much akin to the Melanie Griffith character. Obviously, they're both blondes, and they both have a sense of naivete about them and get underestimated by the both male and female um, counterparts around them. Like antagonists, yeah. Yeah, the they, male and female antagonists around them. Um, using your boss to get ahead with your um, unit or friends is definitely something that happens in both. Um, obviously, I mentioned the soundtrack. Soundtrack's great in both. Um, what else did you have? It's definitely, it definitely like thematically, it felt the most similar to to Working Girl. Right. No, I think that's a good one, and that's one I really didn't even think about as I was pulling mine. I thought a little bit thematically, it reminded me at times of Harold and Maude, especially the way this okay. movie ends. Um, and obviously, there's Clue with Eileen Brennan and right. mentions of communism and She's kind fantastic. of that. Um, Communism is just a red herring after all. Snappy, snappy writing. Uh, The only other one I thought about was I was trying to figure out how I could fit it into Point Break because we do have characters skydiving. um, (laughs) And, you know, you kind of have Judy being undercover, but I don't think Mm. I don't think you can really tie it to Point Break too much. I'm an FBI agent. Yeah. No, I think. And then, of course, uh, Shampoo with Goldie Hawn is in Shampoo. Shampoo, Goldie Hawn. and that was this is our only our second Eileen Brennan. I think we both thought that there was another Eileen Brennan movie, but I don't believe there is. Yeah, we're confusing her with Madeline Kahn. Yeah, you're right. Because we uh, we had Madeline Kahn in a, yeah. in a couple. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. we had Madeline Kahn yeah. in a few movies. In yeah. Clue, Young Frankenstein, and Mixed Nuts. Yeah, so. you're right. You're right. Um, yep. Uh, all right, and uh, title connection. So kind of, I think we've got right now, you know, repeating basic training with PJ Souls. I think we need comedy in there, like '80s '80s military comedy with PJ Souls. I feel I like it might be a basic better com- basic comedy with PJ Souls. No, nah, because it's not a basic comedy. Training comedy. It's not a training comedy. It's a basic training comedy. We could say basic training comedy. I would but just it, say I think basic. I would just call it repeating basic training. I don't think we need the PJ Souls thing in there. We definitely need PJ Souls. We, I am, I will not put this podcast up without PJ Souls in the title. And I won't do it without PJ Masks. <laughs> um, all right, fine. But we need repeating, how about repeating 80s basic training with PJ Souls. Still think, I don't know. We need 80s in there. These movies were released one year apart. <laughs> they had the same, they had the same actress in both about movies. Back to basics with PJ Souls. Basic training, I will do. Back to basics. Back to basic training with PJ Souls. Fine. There. In the 80s. Oh, my God. Leave 80s in there. It's way too long. It's way too long. Back to basic training with 80s PJ Souls. <laughs> this is the stupidest argument. Everybody listening can just look at their... 
everybody <laughs> looking can just look at their iPod right now and, and figure it out. Yeah. yeah. This yeah, is the dumbest I've ever had in my life. Uh, no, we had dumber actually earlier today. Uh, back to basic trading with eighties PJs. So I think that works. All right, you got a base. I'm giving you your stupid basic training, which should be military comedy. That's what this is. It's an eighties military comedy with PJ Souls. That is what this this connection is. <laughs> military training with PJ Souls? No, no. Military eighties military comedy with PJ Souls. We'll do your That's back fine. to basic yeah. training. Do that too. Oh, all right. So what? Back to... I win it. How about now, you back... got, now you can't even remember what you just said. How about back to military comedy with 80s PJ Souls? <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. I don't want to I don't want to just steamroll you. Put up a fight. Uh, <laughs> all right. How about 80s military stop, comedy? Stop, stop. <laughs> This right. is way too much of a waste of the listeners' time. Who are we, Rob and Akiva? Yeah, it's true. I know we're big assholes. Uh, <laughs> 80s army comedy with PJ Souls. Perfect. I love All it. All right. There 80s army comedy with PJ Souls. Lock it in. All right. I, the best part is that everybody knew what this was already exactly. because it's in the title. All right. And we didn't uh, even talk about PJ Souls, but sure. We did. We, talk, we talked about how she was in both movies. She played Wanda. Wanda. My attempt at a Wanda. Um, all right. With that, uh, right. we're going to move on now to uh, we're calling listeners suggestions. Although we did have a suggestion for this uh, for this segment from both Jim Crumley and Stefan Johnson that we call it ladder rungs. What do you think about ladder? What do you think about I the like ladder? I like the idea rungs? of calling it listener ladder rungs. That's very wordy. Yeah. Like How about we say that this is the ladder rung section? How about we move on to our ladder rungs and we will start with our listener suggestions? I like that too. All right. So it's like a sub name. So we will, we are going to move on to our ladder rung section and we will start with our listener suggestions. Of course, once we do pick our movie for next week, be <laughs> sure to write in the movie ladder gmail.com at ladder movie. Let us know your thoughts on the movie, your one to five star rating and what you think we should be watching next. Any movie that connects is fair game. Any sort of connection that you can justify is fair game for next week. We're going to start off with our listener suggestions, and then we'll get into host suggestions and pick a final four. All right. Start off with Jeff. He suggests Overboard. Goldie Hawn is a spoiled rich girl that needs to be brought down to realize happiness. Of course, with her future husband, husband of the future, Kurt Russell, in that, that movie. Or maybe, she, sure, maybe it was like... her husband at the time. I don't know. Uh, then he has two from Harry Dean Stanton. One is The Green Mile, and one is Cool Hand Luke. Harry Dean Stanton and both. All right, Jim Crumley, taking one off of my list. Uh, the suggestion yep. is another Benjamin movie that is set partially in the Deep South. It is about a misfit. It is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. All right, Megan, the librarian, sends in also, she sends it overboard, uh, Another movie where Goldie Hawn plays a pampered woman whose life changes. My sister and I loved this movie when we were kids, but have not seen it in ages. <laughs> the next movie, Brendan, you only, you only bolded the word death. So the movie, next movie is going to be called Death, but it's actually called Death Becomes Her. Uh, it's yeah, another movie where Goldie Hawn has red hair. Yes, I thought about that as well. The red hair. Love that movie. I also really love Death Becomes Her. Uh, that was also on my list. And uh, another one that I watched yep. a ton growing up as a kid. Uh, next one from Megan is The First Wives Club. She says she's on the Goldie Hawn train this week. I remember seeing The First Wives Club in theaters. That's all I remember about it. 
And finally, something's got to give. This is a non-Goldie Hawn suggestion. Nancy Myers, who wrote Private Benjamin. Let's yep. dive into her filmography and check out Diane Keaton dating a hot doctor played by Keanu Reeves, a movie ladder podcast favorite, oh. Keanu Reeves. Showing back up again. All right. Olin suggests, oh, another movie that's really great, uh, Defending Your Life. Albert Brooks dies in the film. Uh, and it would actually be kind of funny to follow Albert Brooks and see ooh. what would have happened to his character oh, after oh, he died instead of flying. He dies and then we go to, yeah, we follow him, him instead the afterlife. of, uh, ooh, that yeah. is great. I like that a lot. That's fun. Uh, like next one. Oh, Kyle. Uh, Olin is suggesting nine to five. I know Kyle likes this one. 1980s female-led comedy about rising up to misogyny and male oppression. This one definitely came up when we picked Working Girl last year. It's come up a couple of times, yeah. And uh, this was one I knew was going to come up, and I've watched it recently. I would prefer not to watch it again, but if we decide to watch it, we will. That is Four Weddings and a Funeral, Multiple Weddings, and a Death Associated with One of Those Weddings. So, all right, Stefan wrote in, says, uh, because of Armand Asante, American Gangster. I do not remember who he plays in that movie, but I did see that's like the top movie for him on Letterboxd. Yep. Next one, oh, My man. Girl. Uh, that is directed by Howard Zeif. Um, I think My Girl came up last week as well, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm almost positive we were talking about My Girl. Uh, two weeks mm-hmm. in a row for My Girl. And then uh, this is the one that I expected that Jeff would have suggested, and he did not. That is The Intern, because that was also written by Nancy Myers. It would be very funny if Jeff suggested the intern like 10 times and then we picked it on with somebody else's suggestion. <laughs> I like it. All right. And then finally, Kyle wrote in longer than his review. He says, an unmarried woman, high-rated film mentioned in the movie. Yes, they did mention that movie. Movie. Uh, another one, Death Becomes Her. Another vote for Death Becomes Her from Kyle, a Goldie Hawn classic. And Sleepaway Camp. Connection is Bunks, Barracks, Bullies. Bears beats yep. Battlestar Galactica. Uh, Sleepaway Camp is the quintessential summer slasher. Weird cult, so bad it's good. And hands down, the movie I've watched more than any other. Yep. Um, we do be... keep talking about how the last three weeks feel like camp. Mm-hmm. So, Definitely. There you go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it is summer. So it yep. could be fun to do. There you go. Sleepaway Camp. All right. Um, Brendan, do you want to go first? Or you get second? to go first because I went first last week. So. I'm glad that you keep track of this. All right. So a couple of movies to, that are coming, sometimes I forget. A couple of movies that are coming off of my list, uh, which is fine because I had a bunch. Uh, so that is Death Becomes Her, Overboard, Benjamin Button, all were on my list. Mm-hmm. The first is the word private. Uh, this led me to a another really well written movie. It's on Netflix. Uh, that is Private Life. That is about a couple trying to do in vitro fertilization. Um, and it's an uh, interesting one for people to see. Private Life, you said? Private Life. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. If you, I'm assuming you haven't seen it. Never heard uh, of it. So it feels like a Noah Baumbach movie, but it's not Noah Baumbach. Okay. Interesting. Uh, it's, uh, uh, what is his name? Um, Blake. It's Tamara Jenkins is the one who wrote that, okay. wrote and directed that, um, who has written other things, I believe, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe not. Uh, maybe TV. But Tamara Jenkins wrote Private Life, uh, and yeah, they're trying to they're trying to do uh, to get pregnant. Uh, Catherine Hahn and Paul Giamatti star in it because I had to pull that up. But nice, it's a good one. I highly recommend it. I don't know. I don't know if we'll do it next week, but recommended. Uh, next, I will do a radio DJ connecting people with love. I will do Sleepless in Seattle. Next one. Um, I thought about Out of Sight because that's got a cast connection, but I don't think it's a strong enough connection. Uh, I will do Arthur, though, which is a uh, 
late 70s, early 80s comedy about a spoiled character. Quote unquote comedy. Not the remake with Russell Brand? No, 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 the one with Dudley <laughs> Moore. Okay, great. Um, then I thought about Escape from New York because Kurt Russell is in that, uh, and that's her husband, but I don't think that's a strong enough connection. But I will go with uh, another Goldie Hawn. I have two options here. Goldie Hawn playing kind of the same type of character. I'm going to go with the one that I think is better. Uh, it's, her, it's her other pairing with Steve Martin, and that's the Out of Towners from uh, When nice. They Go to New York. That one's very fun. And finally, the connection is uh, Jewy comedy that I probably watched in Sunday school, but definitely watched around this time of my life. And that is the Frisco Kid with uh, Gene Wilder and Harrison Ford. What's the connection to this? Uh, Jewy comedy that I watched okay. around this point in my life. I mean, sure. it's, 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 it's about a very, rabbi. Very nice. It's like a Western comedy starring a rabbi or, well, right. starring a character who's a rabbi. Well, I um, have a few similar uh, title connections that I thought of. Um, I did have got Benjamin Button on my short list. I crossed it off. Um, I thought about a war movie involving a search for a private, and that's uh, Static Private Ryan, obviously. Yep. Feels like a, uh obvious connection. And then also I thought about um, another movie this time a drama involving women in the military gi jane which i was surprised didn't yes, I did come think up, about that too which i'm surprised didn't come up on any of our listener shortlists mm-hmm. and then i also thought about um a completely different movie with the word private in it and that's howard stern's private parts which i've never seen uh, we and, get to definitely see some sexual harassment in that movie um, ra- yeah ra- raunchy comedy in the 90s with the word private my my main one that I wanted to bring up, and when I came up with this connection, this was my, I will be very surprised if we don't pick this movie. So, as we all know, Kurt Russell is married to Goldie Hawn. Yes. Kurt Russell made a movie where he is in the military, gets recruited for a special mission, gets to wear a beret, and this movie was turned into not one, but three successful spinoff television series. And that is Stargate. Okay. So I thought it would be fun if we watched Stargate. Um, I have never seen Stargate. You've Stargate never actually, seen Stargate? it came, uh, the DVD came for free with my, uh, yes. our first DVD player that we bought as a family. And, uh, but yeah, I have never seen it. I, I even have a title connection if we choose Stargate, which is married to the military. Ooh, I like that too. Um, so there you go. There's my pitch for Stargate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember. I just remembered as we were talking about this that you said yesterday. You said, I have it locked up already. I have the movie that we're going to be doing next week. Uh, and I was curious what it would be. I, the I, When you started saying Kurt Russell, I was like, oh, no. Did I step on you by saying Escape nope. from New York? But I luckily I didn't. Uh, and apologies, because I always yell at you for saying all of your also-rans before I read my movies. Because I'm like, well, what if they're in my list? And then I just did the same thing to you. Yeah, all good. Uh, all good. Did you have any other also rants that we didn't? Um, I, so I thought about the word private and thought about my own private Idaho. Mm. Um, I also thought about Starship Troopers and people getting recruited um, to join special forces. Mm. Um, and then I also thought about throwing Gotti in there just for Armand Sante, but it's a made-for-TV movie, and I'm sure it's probably hard to find. Yeah, so, we don't do made. Yeah. This isn't the made-for-TV yeah. ladder. Um, yeah. I uh, I thought about other movies that have 
a character named Benjamin, if not yeah. like a movie about somebody named Benjamin. Uh, you know, outside of outside of uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, nothing came to mind. The only other movie that I didn't bring up though is House Sitter, which is the other yeah. half of that Steve Martin Goldie Hawn pairing. Yeah. Um, both very fun. That and yeah. Out of Towners. So. I don't know that I've ever seen the Out of Towners, but I know I've seen House Sitter. Oh man. Um, out of towners. I, I, I mean, it's been a long time since seen out of towners. Maybe it is not as funny as I remember, but it's one of those that like, it's just one of those comedies that like probably like the way I felt about my best friend's wedding before we rewatched it. Yeah. So, all right, Brendan, why don't right. you read off what we got for suggestions for our next rung and oh, let's right. pick. So just a recap, we have overboard the green mile, cool hand, Luke, the curious case of Benjamin button overboard again, death becomes her first wives club. Something's got to give. Defending your life. Nine to five. Four weddings and a funeral. American gangster. My girl. The intern. An unmarried woman. Death becomes her. Sleepaway camp. Private life. Sleepless in Seattle. Arthur. The out of towners. The Frisco kid. Stargate. Saving Private Ryan. G.I. Jane. And Howard Stern's private parts. Mm -hmm. Well, you get to go first. All right. I am going to pick something that the listeners suggested. And I mean, this is, the, I know that as soon as we do this, it's going to come up on the rewatchables and I don't care because it's amazing <laughs> and it should. I'm going to take Death Becomes Her off ah, of was, listener suggestions yeah, that was because I freaking well. love that movie mm-hmm. and I don't care. It's, it's. You're definitely right. That is definitely going to come up on the rewatchables at some point. So we got to get to it before they do. And yeah. we got to get to it because I love that movie. I would love to do Death Becomes Her. Goldie Hawn is a redhead. So what you got? Um, all right. Well, I really liked the way that you described the connection to Olin suggest in defending your life. You that too. we follow Albert Brooks into the afterlife. So yeah. I think that would be our. I think that's like our most fun, uh, like story that we right. tell over the connections. So sure. um, yeah, defending your life is my listener suggestion. Or yeah, listener suggestion. All right, and out of your connections, um. I'm going to go with the one that I know that I'm like, that I think would be really fun. And I know I haven't, I'm pretty positive I haven't seen it. And that's the Out of Towners. Mm-hmm. And let's get Goldie Hawn in a um, wacky comedy. With Steve Martin. Steve Martin, who I love. And I don't think we've had any Steve Martin on this podcast, have we? So. Uh, uh... Sadly, we have not. Um, oh, it's already wrapped scoundrels. Oh, right. but we did it. We had Sergeant Bilka come up. Um, I think Out of Towners might have come up actually. Uh, yeah. uh, on after that one, because I, I always talk about that movie. All right. Uh, it's gut check time. What do you think? Uh, yeah, obviously private parts. But no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I go. I, I can't not take Stargate. You hype it up that much, and I've never seen it before. I don't really know anything about it. Um, and it spawned some TV shows, so that's yeah, it's it, and it's it's quite honestly a. It's a cult classic, and it's very underrated. Um, has James Spader mm. um, involves a army basically getting recruited for a special project. I don't really want to spoil it for you or for the listeners. It also has a very famous uh, opening scene that will remind you a lot of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, nice. So it's, it's got a lot of connections to our ladder. It's got a, I think it would be very fun for the listeners, and I think it would be very fun for us to podcast about. Um, also, because I have watched all three Star Trek, Stargate spinoffs, so I can bring a lot of knowledge on that side as well. So well, I'll have some good things to talk about as far as the TV shows mm-hmm. that Stargate spawned. 
Well, we have a very again. Once again, we have a very strong Final Four. Yeah. Um, I'm just pulling up anything that's streaming right now. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, so I mean, Stargate also... is on Netflix and Hoopla. Um, Death. Be- nothing else is streaming, so that might just decide it. Um, that might. I Death mean, Hunter is love... for rental. Yeah. I mean, Out of Towners is. Yeah, Out of Towners is on Paramount Plus. Okay. Um, nice. And Defending Your Life is for rental, and Stargate is on both Netflix and Hoopla in the United States. Defending Your Life, I think, is a brilliant connection with the Albert Brooks going to heaven bit. Yeah, that's really but, good. I mean, I, I, that's genius, and I wish I'd thought of it. Um, I love it. And I, I've never seen it. It keeps coming up in my um, – it may even be on Criterion at this point. It might come up later. Um, it's, uh, it also is from 1991, so 10 years later we follow yeah. it. It takes 10 years for him to get into the afterlife. Yeah, um, uh, I, I love the out-of-towners. I think we can eliminate the out-of-towners because this could come up okay. again. Um, yeah. It's it's a New York movie. A it's, a, it's a rom-com. I mean, we Fair could do enough. it again. Is um, that the one where they go to the Hamptons? No, they go to New York City. Okay, never mind then. Okay, yeah. that's not the movie I thought it was. Okay. It's a remake of, a, um, I don't remember who's in the original, but... Is it House Sitter then that he's in the Hamptons? Yeah. yeah House of the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so that must be what it was. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we could do a whole, we could do Steve Martin month on this podcast. Absolutely. Easily. Yeah. Um, all right. And Death Becomes Her, I like the idea. My thought on it is we could do this closer to Halloween because it's kind yeah, of a horror comedy. Um, but I don't, I don't want to forget this movie because I, oh, you and I both love Death Becomes Her. We could probably find a guest who also loves this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. it's a brilliant. Also, I mean, it's a brilliant Bruce Willis and Meryl Streep. That's not just going on. Um, mm-hmm. I think Stargate is a stronger connection for the theme that we've been going on for this month of Military Month as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's, somehow it's, it, it, it turned into. Yeah, can, I, I'm I'm good to continue Military Month. Um, yeah. So, all right, we're doing Stargate next week. Oh, it's a Roland Emmerich movie. Nice. Yeah. Oh, man. So lots of ways to go off of this one. Lots of ways to go off of that. All right. Uh, so this is not like Stargate SG-1 or uh, what are the other ones? Stargate Origins probably is one. Uh, Stargate Atlantis and Stargate, Stargate Atlantis. Universe. All right. Atlantis cool. and Universe and SG-1. Nice. So there you go. All right. So we were doing Stargate. Uh, so if you used Hoopla this week, you can continue to use Hoopla or you can use Netflix to watch it. Uh, Kurt Russell. And uh, our connection, we'll see We'll see what our title connection is next week. Maybe we'll get into another argument. But basically, yeah. what did you say? Married to the I military? Married to the military. And I thought that yeah, was I like that. That's fine. It's catchy. Mm-hmm. Do we know, are Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell still married? What's their... Uh, I believe yeah. so, yeah. I mean, they are still the parents of Kate Hudson and Wyatt Russell, so... Oh, right. I, I remember Kate Russell. I forget Wyatt Russell. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. So, yeah, maybe we do one of their kids next week is our, is our connection. All right, uh, everybody wants some next week, everybody. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> or uh, what was White Russell? Dr- oh, that uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Falcon yeah, Winter Soldier, yeah. Watch 49. Yeah. That uh, really that good ep- Black Mirror episode. I was going to say that episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, we have vamped a long time on this movie, argued a lot. Uh, but next week, we are doing Stargate. So check that out, Netflix or Hoopla. Send in your feedback at Ladder Movie, the movie letter at gmail.com. Feedback ratings next movie connections uh tons of ways to go off of stargate uh yep. roland emmerlich it is summer movie season so yeah that's gonna be fun um and 
What are you going to watch this week, Brendan? What do you got coming up? Uh, so I know, like you, there is a certain movie in a certain movie franchise that comes out this weekend <laughs> that I'm looking forward to seeing, and that's Fast 9 or F9 F9, whatever we're calling it. It's the one with the fast and the furious people doing the fast mm-hmm. and furious things. Yep. I love those movies. They're ridiculous. And I'm excited to look at, to check this one out. Um, also, I, I don't know timing wise when I'm going to be able to watch it because, all right. So like Mac yeah. and I need to record for six and seven and yeah, it's just yeah. hard to schedule with him with his busy life of responsibilities and children and work and everything. Uh, and then we need to watch eight and Hobbs and Shaw and record yep. that podcast. I don't know if I'm going to be able to record all the podcasts before I go I see F9, but I do want to finish rewatching all the movies. So <laughs> I'm hitting this little bit of a bottleneck. And also, I was hoping at the end of the last podcast to then do like, okay, what are our predictions heading into F9? But I just don't know if I'm going to be able to wait to see F9 to record all these podcasts. Yeah, I don't so. know if you're going to have time. Hmm. Um, Good luck. Um, and then also, there is a music documentary, which I know you know that I know that is something I absolutely love. I know and you know I don't know. One that just came out called The Sparks Brothers that is about this indie music group that sounds really interesting that I want to check out. And that is in limited release theaters right now, but I believe that there's a theater near me playing it. So I'm going to go try to check it out. That's not the – what's the one that's coming out, the music documentary that's um, – it's not like – what is that one called? Like Summer of Soul. It's not Summer of Soul, yeah. It's about the uh, Harlem Soul Festival that took place. Because that, that also comes out this week. Right. Does that also come up this week? I, believe I thought it was. So. I thought it was in July because I don't. I didn't have that on my list. But oh. yeah, I definitely want to go see that too. But that's Maybe definitely not playing anywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, but if East Street was around, it would be playing there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully uh, East Street Theater will open soon. Yeah. So I yeah F nine maybe I'll see this week. I might try to wait at least. Well, I might try to just give Mac a week to record these podcasts. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so what else am I gonna <laughs> watch? Um. I don't know. Criterion, we have to watch uh, something from, what's that director's name? Antolini? Uh, uh, Antolini, yeah. yeah. So I'm watching a movie called The Passenger that I know nothing about. So yeah. yeah. Antonioni, uh, sorry. Michelangelo Antonioni. Yeah, but it stars Jack Nicholson, so... Oh, really? Okay. Set. Yeah. Uh, I'll be watching The Passenger from 1975. And then this week for my personal ladder, I just watched The 25th Hour which I almost talked about this week and then decided not to, but I absolutely loved um, with Ed Norton. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got to decide what I'm going to go to next based off of that. But there is a really funny quote from that movie that if you have listened to uh, Robin Akiva Needle podcast this week, you'll recognize the quote, champagne for my real friends, real pain for my sham friends. That is from that movie. hour. Oh. And I was laughing really, really hard when they were trying to figure out where that quote came from when they were talking about One Tree Hill. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, so, I didn't realize that either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So I had, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to watch an Antonioni movie. Uh, sorry for butchering that name. So apparently he did like a trilogy. I don't know if they're like an actual trilogy or just kind of related film. So I'm going to do the first one in that trilogy. It's called uh, La Ventura. So the adventure. Nice. So. Cool. Um, That'll be on my criterion, and maybe I'll see F9 this week. Nice. So. All right. Uh, anything else uh, you want to touch on? No, I'm just really excited to talk about Stargate next week. Yeah, I'm excited to film. I've never seen Stargate. This will be a fun blind spot. Well, like, it's, a, it's a rolling every blind spot, which I feel like you don't have very many of. I do. Uh, that and uh, Godzilla, I think, are the only oh. two rolling number blind spots I have. Oh, man. Um, Coming up in two weeks, Godzilla. Yeah. 
this is the like 2000 Godzilla. Let's see, yeah, Roland yeah. Emmerich. Matthew Broderick. Just looking at his his movies. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, and then I mean, then you get into some of these like Midway. I didn't see Midway. right the things. Yeah, the newer yeah. ones. Yeah, like in 10,000 BC. Um, yeah. So, but otherwise, oh, and he did the Patriot, um, which I saw. But oh, and right. I okay. I also didn't see Independence Day Resurgence. Uh, <laughs> we will not be doing Independence Day Resurgence. Maybe we will. All right, but fine. We'll see. We're not. All right. Send in your connections next week off of Stargate, and uh, we will talk to you then. Lock the chirons into position.